Women are like trees, yeah. women are like trees, and even she didn't know what she meant by that. Women are like trees, she said again, and then planted herself in her bed and waited. And I stood in the middle of her room and I looked at her, as if looking out the window at her, seeing all the years she has spent gathering rings around her hips, stretching out sex like a cat towards the sun. And I heard the wind rubbing the leaves together, rubbing the leaves like bodies soft and open. There was time for the leaves yet while my tongue danced off her branches. And the young bird in her nest of hair called to its mother. The young bird in her nest of hair hungry for another wet meal. While beneath us, along her feet, children played hide and seek. The wind was blowing harder now as the strongest leaves let go and brushed against their bare feet. And women are like trees, she said, as the strongest leaves let go and all was weakness. Necessary weakness. And women are like trees. As the axe bit into her middle, women are like trees. As the sap flowed into her leaves, as the wind swayed her back and forth along the roots of her trees, as her branches bent down to dip into the water, as her strongest leaves they crumpled under the joy of existence. young bird in her nest of hair tried out its new wet wings and called to its mother that it would find a meal of its own.
ladies and gentlemen, Iron Funk! Rips and masks and social fabrics collapsing. The wind blows upon an ember that's everlasting. We're standing at the crossroads clashing. Food, the greatest strategy used in the ongoing battling. The shit got us asking what the planetary plan is while we jamming and deeply examine. Why is there famine? Families stammering for nourishment while elite seats play populations like a game of backgammon. 
The scandling is endless. They throwing peace on a threat list. Poverty's causing death threats. Yo, are you deaf yet? Well, get set. Concentrated camps that ain't quite dead yet. Welcome to the woods, blood redneck. Becoming POWs through high-tech credit checks. Get the catch? Some serious shit, yes. So ingest, digest, and keep all eyes open. And don't forget the scrolls that kept the part apart in oceans. Cause when these motionless minds hit rhythm, focused with timeless vision, omens and signs are given in this tumultuous time we live in. Open the sky's the limit, forces combine, we bring it. Soma's the wine, we sip it. Moments arise, so live it. of night I didn't realize you were lost but there I stood like a brother long lost but back from the war when you opened up your door I need a friend you told me Set me free. Show me the light. I need to dance, need the moon tonight. Be who I was meant to be. Please help me.
about him Well I could have sworn you were talking about me So I told you Behind the clothes that cover me, takes a heart that forgets to see. I thank whatever friends there be, trusting when I'd otherwise flee. In a strong clutch of weight and bone, oh how I cried and wailed alone. But the pains of time turned to stone, and I to carry on and roam. It matters not the things you say, nor how you choose to do your way. It's how you make one feel today, for we to mold and turn to clay.
reminds me. Of a line from a friend of mine in the in the Bay Area called Midnight Midnight Ice. He said uh, he said he's 19. He's a young guy. He says the spoken word movement is not a movement; it's a soundtrack to the movement. And that's that movement we're all about right now. I call the worldwide insurrection coming. There are bees and trees and squirrels and things and people playing frisbee in the park. There's hurt and heartache and uncertainty and finding your way in the dark. On these sunny days, with the wind rushing past and emerald green leaves in your face, undeniable the joy we feel by just running in this strange human race. Oh, but it's not like that, my big family, because despite what you are told, it's not a question of competition or what's been bought or sold. Then I say it's a miasma of memories new and old, of sweet stolen looks and babbling brooks, of flecks of silver and gold. Yes, it's these moments we collect and truly live in that matter most overall. At your haircut or that wing knot, or who can rise most tall? Go be in it, because what else to do? I say you won't regret taking the time to truly live. That's something we all forget.
So um, this book is called The Mysticism of Sound and Music, and it's by a, a famous old Indian philosopher. And the chapter that I've been Excuse reading me. is um, called The Magnetism of Beings and Objects. And this first passage really resonates to me because I've been eating so much wonderful food over the past days. And it's uh, personally, it, it really hits on how I feel about cooking. In preparing a thing, not one not only puts one's magnetism into it, but the voice of one's soul is produced in the thing one prepares. For instance, it is not difficult for an intuitive person to feel in the food that comes before him the thoughts of the cook. It is not only the grade of evolution of the cook that is produced in it, but also what the cook was thinking at that particular time. If the cook is irritated while cooking, if he or she is grumbling or sighing, if he or she is miserable, wretched, all that is prepared in the food that comes before you. It is the knowledge of this fact which made the Hindus accept a high-caste Brahmin as a cook. That person was taken as a cook whose evolution was great, whose life was pure, whose thoughts were elevated. It is not a custom of the past. It is a custom even of today. The Brahmin who is sometimes the guru, the teacher of other castes, may also be the cook. Beside this, in ancient times, when human psychology was keenly observed in all one did, Every person, whatever.
whatever his rank or position in life, was equipped for cooking and preparing dishes for himself and for his friends. A great mark of appreciation and affection was shown by people who invited some relations or friends to their house by placing before them dishes that they themselves had prepared. It was not the dish, it was the thought that was put into it.
Welcome again to Muddy Boots. My name is Triangular Donut Tenali. And you've just heard the A-side of Totally High Holy Rainbow Colored Spirit Hawk of Awakened Manifestation, Part 7. We're exploring my collection of field recordings made at Rainbow Gatherings over the last 20 years or so. For playlists and notes, check out muddybootsradio.org and be sure to subscribe to the show too, wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to and or download more Rainbow Gathering field recordings at soundsfromtherainbow.org. You can find previous installments of this Rainbow Thematic Series, Parts 1 through 7, at either muddybootsradio.org or soundsfromtherainbow.org slash podcast. I invite you to continue wandering the trail of sound by hopping on over to the B-side. See you there. in an hour. <laughs> 
brother to me now. Means you no longer turn me on, but I still need you around to fix my car. <laughs> if a brother says, you're like a sister to me now, this means, oh, I still want to hang out with you. I just want somebody to know about it. <laughs> sister says I want to take things slow, this means I'm going to take all the anger and resentment I had towards my ex-lovers and focus it on you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, be prepared for six months of slow, methodical, passive-aggressive sexual torture. Right? <laughs> if a brother says I want to take things slow, this means there is something unidentifiable on my genitals. <laughs> We're doing the hug center, so let's stay on the hug center.
know this area really well.
The answer is not something which can be explained or seen. The answer is always what you make believe.
We're going to do a little story. This is a participation story. It's called The Good Heart of Thunderpants. You guys, I have to help me do it. It's a true story. Oh, this is sound effect thing. People are going to help me do all the sound effects. First sound effect is I hope nobody has it. Somebody just about to go off the track. Next sound effect is somebody sucking on a magic pacifier. Look at that. Good. Good. Now, next sound effect, we all have to be very serious actors and actresses. And we know for a fact that there are hungry people in the world today. Really hungry children, some who have not eaten. Well, they're weak because soft chocolate sounds like this. Next thing is pacifier. Count your hands flying across the sky. Ready? Come on. Swooping down with your cape. On the count of three. The audience participates. Great feast, celebration, and party as loud as you wish. One, three. <laughs> Other kids seriously now crying in confinement. Pacifier. Flying over to see what the trouble is. Next one. Golding. No, no, no. Ready? No, no, no. You can do that a little louder. No, no, no. Gathering up stars, throwing them like frisbees, <laughs> sticking one in the corner, the north. pacifier, going off the street. Oh. And the very last one of this story, three fingers to heart. Ready? Bum, 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 bum. Hey guys, I know a girl whose nickname is Thunderpants because she has lightning bolt stickers on the side of her diaper. <laughs> hey Thunderpants, what are you doing? I'm practicing for the big time. Well, as you can see, Thunderpants is one of the smartest girls in the whole world. Not only is she smart, she's retarded, which may explain why she was chosen to get a magic pacifier. Anyway, one night when she was sucking on her pacifier, just about to go off the street, heard the faint on the other side of the earth. Aww. Why are they crying, Thunderpants? They're crying because they're hungry and don't have enough to and so, with the aid of her pacifier, Thunderpants flew across the sky. While she was flying, she thought there was lots of extra food everywhere, so she swooped down with her cape. Now, with a great feast, celebration, and party. But even while they were feasting and celebrating, she noticed another thing. Faster than anything, she flew over to see what the trouble was. Now, when she got there, told her why they were crying it was because their parents, adults, had gotten into a war and were fighting and squabbling over land and other possessions. So Thunderpants gathered the warring adults together, scolded them for not learning to share and love one another like they were always telling the kids to do. No, no, no. They were so ashamed of themselves, they dug a great big hole, pushed all their bombs, bombs guns in there, covered them over with dirt, and made peace. Great peace celebration. Ow!
they came to Thunderpants and they said, Thunderpants, you're our hero. Ozzy said, I'm not your hero, I'm your girl. Yeah. <laughs> all the feminists in the audience. Now, feeding the hundred hungry and stopping wars was tiring work, so she said goodbye to her new friends. Bye. Sucker pacifier in her mouth. Zoomed across the night sky. Gathered up stars and threw them like frisbees. Down to each house below so that every kid could have a nightlight. Then she zoomed into her room. Sucked the one star she was supposed to suck on the night. Sucker pacifier in her mouth. Slipped into her dream. Filled with all the good deeds she was going to do with her magic pacifier. And her good heart. Bum, 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 bum. Which is, after all, the most potent magic of all time. Yeah. 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 How about a song about positive people standing up, holding hands together, singing songs and saving the land? A woman came up to me after a show in Eugene, Oregon last year. She told me if you look at a map of Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, it looks like the moon if you look on Google Maps because they've blown the tops off of so many mountains to extract the coal. And uh, so she asked me if I'd write a song for it, and that's what this song is.
is the figure of knowledge fated to appear in circles, spirals, ghosts of former understanding. Jokes that fall flat because you've had to have seen them. Oh, my urn of ashes for those questions. Feed my smile with your faded glory. Leave a clue for future researchers to find. Bye-bye. 
Yeah. They say laughter is the best medicine. Where's your stance on recreation? Ha 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 Cool. Thanks for that thought. Thanks for that thought. Appreciate that. We love you. Love you. Love you too. Love you a lot. I'm not so much into that. World peace. Everybody together. World peace. One, two, three. gathering. What's it all about? And so I just turn them and say, go to the Unitarians and turn left. Now some of you might remember this song from the Missouri <laughs> gathering and please join in. Just a couple of lines. Help the kids sing, right?
If you know the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others have made may prevail in the world, and following our wrong God home we may miss our star. For there is many a small betrayal in the mind, a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible errors of childhood out to storm through the broken dike. And as elephants parade, holding each elephant's tail, but if one wanders, the circus won't find the park. I call it cruel and perhaps the root of all cruelty to know what occurs but not recognize the fact. And so I appeal to a voice, something shadowy, a remote important region in all who talk. Though we could fool each other, let us reconsider for the parade of our mutual lives may be lost in the dark. The messages we give, yes or no or maybe, should be clear. The darkness around us is deep. Burning. 
everybody. It's Monday night. It's time for the joke workshop here on Monday, every 6 to 8 p.m. or whenever. Uh, hi, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and we are going to have a bunch of great comics tonight. Um, if you have burning comments, then we can give comments. If you don't, let's, you know, we'll just move it along. And your first comedian of the night uh, wanted to run their new opening, so put your hands together for Pam Benjamin. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited to be here tonight with you guys. This is really great. Hi, welcome. Hi, come on in. Uh, my name is Pam. We're going to strap in. We're going to learn a lot of things tonight. Yeah, we're going to learn about feminism. We're going to learn about drugs. Yeah, we're going to learn about abortions, friends. It's going to be a magical, magical journey. So I invite you all to look under your seats and take the mushroom tap underneath there. And made you look. Yeah, you love drugs, I can tell. Woo! What's your favorite drug? Comedy? Comedy's not a drug. Boo! Oh my god, the endorphins. I guess when you're as old as you are, you need endorphins from anywhere. So it's like, just keep me alive. Laughing. If I'm laughing, I'm breathing and I'm still alive. That's a good drug. Oxygen, oxygen. That might be the best drug for you at this point. Any other favorite drugs out there? Alcohol is a drug. I learned that after my DUI and going to a bunch of classes. Indeed, alcohol is a drug, a legal drug. But uh, I'm a responsible drinker. Uh, that's why I decided to never have children. Yay. I love drugs. I never want to have kids. Hooray. My favorite drug's actually called midazolam. None of you love drugs enough. Midazolam is a benzodiazepine. It's a short-lived, fast-acting benzodiazepine. It's like a super valiant. It's like lorazepam or diazepam. Doctors actually call them the two-pam family. Give them two-pam. I love benzos. Woo! I do. I love benzos so much. I love them so much. Usually, they give you midazolam when you get an abortion. That's when you usually get that five-minute happy, great feeling, oh, and I only have one regret about my second abortion. So they've given me the midazolam, my feet are up in the stirrups, the doctor's looking very kind-faced between my legs, and he says, Pam, um, this is a five-minute procedure, and some people talk, and some people don't talk. And I said, has anyone ever told jokes? <laughs> For realsies, I told jokes during my second abortion. They did! Oh my God, it was a killer five. It was, woo, it was a bringer show. I left it there. Uh, but the only regret I have about my second abortion is they wouldn't let me take my phone in, so I couldn't tape the set. So was it life-changing? Were those the best jokes I've ever told? What jokes did I tell? I can't remember. Do I care? Not really. That's the only regret I have about my second abortion. It's cool. My new, like, silly little opening thing. Uh, one more thing about drugs. I can tell, I can guess how all of you smoke pot. You have a bong in your trunk. I can tell. Is this true? You have a water pipe in your back pocket. Break it out. You smell like bong water. That's good. I feel like, uh, Ezra, in the back, you, you roll the most perfect expert spliffs. Like, I feel like there's a pencil, there's like a tool that you use to make them tight. 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 That's what I've been trying to do. Keep it tight. 
cool. Uh, I, or your next comedian, I know how she smokes pot. She's got a tiny pipe, and she takes little tiny bits of weed, little itty bitty bits, she puts it in, and then she smokes it. Do I have to talk? <laughs> itty bitty tiny. <laughs> She's super cute and super wonderful, and she smokes a lot of pot. Put your hands together for your first comedian, everybody. Lauren Kraut. Yeah. Got uh, some new jokes and some new jokes. And uh, do you think cavemen needed eight hours of sleep? And if they did, how did they figure that out? What was eight hours? These are the things that are keeping me up in the middle of the night. I wrote <laughs> I wrote this down at 2.13 a.m. Fucking it, fucking crazy. Don't ever say to a comedian after you've uh, after they've done a uh, after they've done a set, did you have fun? <laughs> don't don't say that. Don't say or how do you think it went? Unless you're already knee-deep in the discussion of how they th thought it went, and you're already asking all these other questions. But if you just see them after a show or after they've gone up and you say, did you have fun, that's a dead giveaway that you either did not see the, sh the set or you thought it was terrible. And either one is a terrible thing, so don't do it. That's just a um, PSA. Um, have you ever noticed that the expression, has it ever happened, before comes in handy more often than not? Has it ever happened before? It's kind of like a diagnostic tool that doctors use when you tell them, uh, my eye is all red. Has it ever happened before? No. All right, that's not it. I just, that's just came out of me in the middle of the night on Saturday. Um... Somebody said to me, it's not meant to be understood. It's one of those types of experiences. That's all. I don't know. Uh, what else do we have? How we talk is pretty amazing when you think about it. You get an idea, an impulse, a desire to express yourself, to say something to somebody. The words come out of your mouth. It's magic. It's like a thought goes to... to out of your mouth and then it's words and then the great thing is that you understand what I'm saying but the fun part is when you don't understand what I'm saying when miscommunication has happened you misunderstand what I'm saying and I'm talking gibberish and that made me think of what was the, the first caveman who talked how weird was that and it was, wasn't even real communication because it wasn't it wasn't a common language yet it was more pointing and ugh, and like, okay. That's another one that came out at, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, how about some real jokes? How about, <laughs> how about a song? Um, oh, I hate to have an existential crisis. Thank you. When I'm on stage in front of all of you, questioning life's meaning and its purpose. Not finding any and letting you all down. Okay. Oh, I hate to have an existential crisis when none of my jokes and I premises work. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. 
Lauren Kraut, everyone, has been thinking a lot about cavemen. Hooray. All right, your next comedian coming up. Put your hands together, everybody, for Spencer Devine. <laughs> were tickets to this open mic? One billion dollars? Ah, we're so lucky. Ah, I'm so excited I'm having a baby. Ah, no, no, no. Don't take me out. I want to see where this goes thematically. Ah, ah, calm down, okay? We only have so much time. Guess what? Chicken butt. All right. Vibe check complete. We can get into the comedy. Uh, I go, so this is a, uh, an impression I wrote today, okay? So uh, this is my impression of a penguin, okay? And he's doing the song, I Know What Boys Like. And some people might be like, Spencer. That's an impression of a duck doing uh, a song by the way. Oh, but <laughs> completely different. Get out of here. The government's trying to kill us all, okay? Don't leave the tags on your mattresses. That's how they track you. Throw that out the window. If you see a ladder, walk right under that ladder. It's their fault for putting it there. You know, if I lived with a black cat, though, I'd fucking cross that motherfucker's path all the time. That cat has enough power over my life. I don't need to give it where I go as well. And uh, people might be like, oh, the, the country is run by lizard people. You would notice if there was a lizard person, okay? Just look out, and if you see someone running from the sun to the shade and just freezing, <laughs> you know, doing a weird blinky thing. It's very obvious. If someone has their tail cut off <laughs> and it regrows, lizard person. Uh, who here's a dog person, huh? I mean a fan of dogs and not half dogs. Okay, uh, notice how everyone who, d you know, everyone who responded, great. You're judging the people who didn't respond because that's way more serious of a question now than it used to be. It used to be like, oh, do you like dogs? I like dogs fine. Wonderful. We can go on with our day. Now it's like, do you like dogs? Because they want to know if you're a sociopath and if they can trust you. If you don't like dogs, it's a test. If someone wants to know if you're a cat person, it's because they're worried about you, okay? If someone wants to know if you're a lizard person, it's because you move from the sun to the shade, and you freeze, and you eat insects, okay? Any of your friends that have ever told you to eat a cricket, probably a lizard person, okay? Have you ever been sitting at the table with someone, and you're like, oh, hey, I've noticed you haven't blinked for a long time, and also that your extra layer of skin that you left on the floor of this Sizzlers. But are you a dog person? And they say, oh, I'm not sure. And then you shoot them because that's a much more serious question than it used to be. And you got to take it seriously. Thank you. I've been Spencer Devine.
Take it seriously. It's Spencer Divine, everyone. Why can't Californians have guns? Because they're always triggered. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Your next comedian, a super funny guy. Clap your hands together for Devondre Coleman. I don't think Spencer took one breath. Great. Uh, make some noise if you have a smartphone. Cool. What's your favorite app on your phone? Twitter? He's like talking. What's your least favorite app? You don't have a smartphone. You don't have what? What app do you think is the weirdest? You got all normal apps. Reddit, yeah, that's a very Caucasian app. I, I agree with that one. Uh, yeah, I think Uber is the weirdest app. Cause Uber is the only app that requires you to spend intimate alone time with randomly selected strangers. Like, how do they pitch that? Four people in a meeting, like, yo, what if you could give rides to random people, but only you two knew about it? like a trafficking app but it's working now i got into uber recently and uh my uber driver was playing beautiful girl by sean kingston well, first of all red flags this is not a person you want to ask how their night's going and it only got worse as the drive got longer because he had it on repeat that means he was playing the song before i got in the car he'll probably be playing it after i got out I just stopped and wondered, like, how many times do you need to play this song before you pull over and call her? Oh uh, yeah, I've been thinking about racism. Any of y'all proudly Caucasian? Cool. It's okay to be Caucasian. You just can't be proud of it right now. Oh uh, yeah, I was on Tinder earlier, and I saw this lady. Her bio was one sentence, all caps. It said, only looking for all Americans. I don't know if she's looking for somebody that's super patriotic or super athletic. But I've been thinking about racism a lot. Like, because one of the homies, he asked me this dumbass question earlier. Does it stop Asian hate? We all agree that we should stop Asian hate, correct? Cool. Colin, you were probably white and you didn't say correct, so I'm more afraid. I, uh, but I was, I was talking to, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's cool. <laughs> I was talking to one of the homies about the Stop Asian Hate campaign. He was like, what's that for? And I was like, Asian people are being assaulted in the streets in the Bay Area. And he was like, it's just one dude doing that? Like, how stupid do you have to be? Like, he thinks there's somebody who wakes up every morning and is like, it's Asian hate time. But I, I, it did make me think about, like, how racism works. Like, do you think racism is like having a superpower? Like Cyclops, when he opens his eyes, those lasers come. So, like, do Asians wake up thinking about how much they hate niggas? Or is it like being a vegan? Which, like, they probably don't think about vegetables all day. But if they hear you talking about food, they're going to bring it up. And, like, can they be accidentally tolerant? Like, if a racist is walking through the Home Depot and they bump into a nigga's cart, if they say, oh, my bad, like, is that against their rules? Cool. Um, what other jokes did I want to work on? I think that's all. Thank you for the time, Pam. Wait, will you stay up there? I have a question. I don't understand the my bad joke at the end. 
the racism in the my bad. Can you explain it? Oh, please? my bad is like an apology, like sorry. Right, but but so my bad because they bumped. They like they're being tolerant. Like they bumped into a black person and they said my bad. And I just need to work on it. Obviously. Well, I know. I'm just curious because is it like is it somehow in your mind like it's like some sort of reparations because they said my bad or is it not enough or is it bad that they said anything or? Yeah, I mean like if they if I was racist. I would never want to apologize to the uh, minority. Oh, so the pre so I missed the premise that the person in Home Depot is exceedingly racist, yeah. and they bump and they say my bad, and then you're okay, 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 now I get it. My racism might just be built different. It's fine. I'm. Yo, I'm I was just to trying to. I just wanted to get it, and we had time. Everybody, clap your hands together for Devondre Coleman! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm excited for your next comedian. Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Pearson! Happy Monday, everybody. How you doing? Oh, I've been getting older. I've been around a long time. And I remember, like, okay, I've outlived AIDS, monkeypox, COVID, Roe v. Wade. And I keep, I have this question, it's like, and I'm, today I'm a little troubled because, does anybody remember Leslie Jordan? Leslie, Leslie Jordan. You know who Leslie Jordan is? He passed away recently. I'm devastated. And it really makes me think about, is there a God? Right, I'm thinking, I think of another faggot that should die in a car crash, and that would be Lindsey Graham. Does anybody else know who Lindsey Graham is? Okay, so you know who he is. He's like he's like this faggot who had a press conference about women's choice. Do you remember that? He brought out some mechanical people behind him. And the thing that makes me wonder about Leslie fucking uh, not excuse me, about Lindsay fucking Graham is that that man has not seen a vagina since he left one. I can tell you he's never looked back. And you know, I think about like what kind I mean, who's going to touch this old faggot? Not me, not anyone else. And I think about this, the super hooker that he must have to hire. Now, that, that person has to have, like, nerves of steel. The most paid, the most incredible thing ever. It's like, oh, my God. See, this is why it's a new joke. But I'm getting there. I'd also like to talk about, as we get older, our thirst for nostalgia. It concerns me. Like, everything old is new again. Right? We have a reboot of everything. Everything. So is any, does anybody remember Harrison Ford? Does anybody remember Star Wars and him and that? We loved him in that, right? We loved him in Indiana Jones. And we keep bringing him back. Did anyone see him in 2049? Did anyone see the most recent one, 2049? Did you know that he broke a wrist filming that and they had to shut production down? Did you also know that when he filmed, I believe it was Star Wars, oh my God, I can't believe they made another one, that he broke, I think, a a leg or another arm, and in between the filming of those two movies, he actually crashed a plane twice. And I'm worried that we keep bringing him back, and, like, if we can Carrie Fisher that shit, if we can drag Carrie Fisher's dead ass through space with Frost, can't we just save Harrison Ford? Oh, and by the way, and this is also not a joke, unfortunately, or maybe it is, there is going to be um, an Indiana Jones 5. They're going to have to pull that whip from his dead cold hands. And he, I think he actually even says that. Does anybody know that reference, Charlton Heston? I don't know. But see, that's when you get older. You don't know quite what's going on. Okay. 
gosh, you know, I feel so so warm and in honor of my beloved Leslie Jordan, I'd like to sing a song for a musical that I never wrote called Little Orphan Train. See you later. Your son'll come out tomorrow. That'll be a bottom and he'll swallow all my cum. Be gay and he won't be lonely. Jizz on his chin, he'll grin and say, Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll bottom. Tomorrow, it's only a gay away. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady. Yay, Brady! I mean, are you going to dress up as little orphan Fanny for Halloween with a little red wig and a little flag and sing your song on every street corner? I think yeah, you should, I maybe. I, I can help you find a wig. I'm sure you don't have any trouble actually finding a wig, sweet baby. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Ezra Lux. Woo! I'll get delirious, you hold my hand. Hey guys, um, my, uh, my neighbor Ricky, he's great. Uh, he was telling me about how he met his uh, current girlfriend said, uh, yeah, she's awesome. I met her on this website, blackpeoplemeet.com. And he's old, just in case you know. And uh, I was thinking, like, I'm sure that website's great, but the name is, like, really bad because I keep thinking of a website for, like, racist cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> Why did I write that? Fuck. Um, <laughs> that's the, d I like the delayed, like, yeah, that was all right. Um, I, uh, I just graduated from college, which, uh, I know is not real. Yeah, woo. Um, I know college is not real, uh, at least, like, liberal arts college, because my college did not have grades. They did, uh, this thing called narrative evaluations, which, if you don't know what that is, it's like, you don't get an A through F, they just, like, kind of write a paragraph about how you improved. And I was thinking, like, that's clearly not a thing that would work in real life, because if you went to, like, a restaurant... You looked in the window for that familiar C minus on the wall, <laughs> and you didn't see it. And it was just this giant paragraph of like, well, so at the beginning of the year, four people died of food poisoning, but recently things have really improved. <laughs> that would not work. <laughs> or like you're at the DMV, you're like, well, at the beginning of your driving exam, you ran someone over, but you didn't at the end. So I say that that's improvement. <laughs> um. I uh, I'm a big fan of the video game Street Fighter 2, but it is uh, I think not very realistic to all the street fights that I've witnessed. Um, if that game was more realistic, it would be like press A to say you want to go outside, and then press B to retreat from the situation, <laughs> and then like every round would just end with the police showing up and you trying to blame like M Bison for starting it. <laughs> um, the only thing that is realistic though is like. There's that character in that game, Zangief, who really is accurately, like, that's all the guys that are really good at fighting do look like that guy. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I have very low self-esteem. Um, yeah, woo. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why this is good. Um, I was waiting in line yesterday at Walgreens, and this guy was trying to return an opened box of Magnum condoms. <laughs> So, you know, it's good to have low self-esteem in that case. 
He was like going up to the uh, cashier and was like very adamant. He was like, "These are wrong." That was what he kept saying, which is true technically. I guess he was wrong. Therefore, the wrong sized penis for him. <laughs> but he was demanding that they let him get his money back for this like open box of condoms, which had like, you know, five left or whatever. And I was like, I aspire to be that cheap. <laughs> I um. I am uh, a big fan of the show uh, Hoarders and its related show Cribs. Um, these are really the same show. Hoarders is just the show Cribs. You just have to change your perspective because it is Cribs for rats. Um, I think every episode of <laughs> of Hoarders, there's always like this palatial box of like old newspapers just infested with rats. And you just got to zoom in. That's like Rat 50 Cent with his like awesome friends hanging out in his rat mansion. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's weird though because it's like, you know, that's, that's the real class difference is if you're like hoarding dumb rich people shit, it's not hoarders anymore. It's like awesome. It's cribs. Um, although I did realize one thing from hoarders is that like you can have an amount of beanie babies that will get the government to declare you clinically insane. <laughs> Which, that's cool. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Yay, Ezra! Ezra, please watch the, the amazing animated feature, The Rats of Nim. Please watch that. I know it's way before your time, but it will, in, it will, it will help your rat hoarding because they build a whole society out of leftover stuff from humans. It's a movie from the late 70s, early 80s by Don Bluth. It's called The Rats of Nim. It's based off Mrs. Frisbee and The Rats of Nim. No one knows how to read anymore. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Jared Senna! What's up, people? How are we doing? Good, good, great, great. I'm in a bad mood. Uh, thank you. Thanks for caring about me. Um, I tried to buy condoms today. They were the wrong size. A little too big, some may say unrealistic. I tried to uh, get my refund. They said, no, just pick your own size next time. So I threw it at them. Yeah. Not having a good day, but on the bright side, I am doing good overall. I actually uh, just quit my day job. Thank you. You hate work. Oh, really? What do you do? You're a teacher? Wait, so you like, you make the books and stuff. Oh, okay. Just trying to guess. Anyways. So like I was saying, I quit my day job. Uh, it was, it was cool. I was a barista in downtown San Francisco. It was fun. It's just. I dealt with a fuck ton of crackheads out there. Um, um, I used to deal with them a lot. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're nice people, they're misunderstood. It's just, it gets a little tiring trying to remind people several times a week that a coffee shop is not the place to be jerking off. She writes the McGraw-Hill books, everybody. <laughs> this is her. This is her. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I've been trying to get that one to work, but I guess not. You guys ever, like, walk around downtown SF high as fuck? Feels like a video game, especially when you encounter crackheads. Feel like you're dealing with NPCs. No. I'll have a punchline for that. That's just a funny observation I had. Sorry, Spencer. Sorry, sorry. Good. Okay, I may look like a big loser now, but you guys won't believe it, but I was popular in high school at one point. Thank you. You Kavita. Um Yeah, uh I was known by everybody. Uh back then I was known as that one kid that got hit by a car. Yeah, uh, I was on my way to smoke weed with my friend at a local park, and I got hit as I was skateboarding across the street. You know, it's funny. My grandma always told me that smoking weed would put me in the hospital. I didn't think she meant it would involve a fucking Kia. Uh, you know, um, it was really hard to walk because I was in a full body cast and in a wheelchair, but it was really easy for me to find a homecoming date. I just went up to the hottest girl I knew and just guilt-tripped the shit out of her. At first, it didn't work, but then uh, eventually she gave in when I told her that I dropped the charges I filed for hitting me in the first place. All right, that, that was a lukewarm performance. Give it up for me like I just killed everybody. Yeah! yeah! Give it up for Pam! Yay, stay up there for a second. I have two tags for you. Wait, 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 stay up there. I have two tags for you. I have two tags for you. One, here's one tag. So you say you say that they shouldn't jack off. It's not the place to be jacking off. You have the opportunity to say where they should jack off. So you can choose, like, in that rich guy's car over there, or you can do crowd work. You can say, hey, where do you think they should jack off? But after you say, I have to tell them that a coffee shop isn't the place to be jacking off, you should be doing it in my mom's house or whatever. I mean, there's a tag... <laughs> yeah, there's exactly right. There's a so think of that. Think of something after that. Tell them where they should jack off. That's the ending to that joke, right? Or what's a, and then here's the other one. This is just a, this is just a gift. You get hit by the car. Um, just throw blunt force trauma in there because it has to deal with weed and you're getting hit. Oh, that's clever. Blunt force uh, trauma, uh, like uh, you uh. got because you were going to cross the street to go smoke weed. You got hit by the car, and then there was blunt force trauma. I think there's a tag there. There's a that's brilliant. Pam, in the middle, thank you. you're welcome. Uh, everybody clap your hands together for Jared Senna. Hey, moving right along. Okay, your next comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Denise Lee. Yay! Pretty stressed out. I have to go do comedy at a strip club after this. I don't think this is the proper dress code. <laughs> Okay, um, so so I'm really bad at making small talk at parties. Like, I really want to, you know, connect with people, but I think I don't know how to ease into it. Like, I went to a party, and I asked someone if they were going home for the holidays, and they were like, no, I always stay here. And I was like, oh, you must have a lot of childhood trauma. Do you want to discuss it? <laughs> Or like I went up to another person.